All right, welcome to Look at My Records. Very happy to be here with Al Christofoli. How are you doing today? Doing great. How are you? Did I say your last name correctly? Christofoli. Christofoli. No and I should know because I'm Italian, yeah. so I should know. It's we it's a common thing, but it's actually <laughs> it's actually, you know, spelled phonetically, so it's it's Christofoli. Hey, well, it's great to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing excellent. Hey, Look, thanks so much for having me. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you. We met you had me on your excellent radio program, Signal to Noise, on yes. WFDU, Fairleigh Dickinson University's radio station. And I was like, hey, <laughs> I need to have you on now so we could talk about you uh -huh. and all the great stuff you're doing and you've done in the past. Currently, you host a really great radio show, as we said, Signal to Noise on WFDU. Mm -hmm. But... You have a pretty long history in the New Jersey music scene, so I definitely wanted to delve in a little bit into your background and sure. ask you some questions about how you originally got involved. You started your own record label in 1993, I believe. Yep. 93, Drum, yes. Dromedary Records. Dromedary. Dromedary mm -hmm. Records. And you put out a lot of great records. I was really diving into it more like the Mommy Heads, Shirk Circus, and all this. Sure great music why'd you decide to start your own label at a time in the 90s <laughs> where there's a lot going on in music and and things like that what inspired you to really start it so you know i've always kind of been that guy that wanted to to uh turn you on to some music you may have never heard before and and uh when i was in school when i was in college i did that by a college radio and when i got out I just thought a natural extension of that would be to uh, to work in the record business, and so I put my resume together. You know, twenty twenty one years old or whatever, and put my resume together and started looking for a job in the record business with a label. And what I found pretty quickly was that any of the record labels that I would want to work for were not the kind of record labels that had enough money to have employees. So, <laughs> so, so uh, you know, I I decided, all right, well. You know, one of the things that's preventing me from from getting a job in this business is my lack of experience in the business. So let me start my own record label and get experience that way. And that's literally we had no bands. We had no you know, a lot of times you, you know, you'll hear somebody who starts a record label to put out their band's music or or, you know, they're starting a record label because they want they, they have a friend who's in the band and, and they want to put out there. We had not, none of that. I just said, you know, let's start a record label. And so we did. It was my wife and I and my uh, my best friend, Rich. And so that must have been really difficult, especially in a time pre-internet i would say <laughs> now it seems there's probably easier it's still difficult but it's easier to get your name out there yeah. and spread yourself around where did you find like any significant initial challenges recent well, at first sure it, and exactly that how do you how do you find bands so so the first thing that we did um you know we used to go to a lot of shows we we would uh uh, you know, just go see bands, bands we'd never heard of before, bands that sounded cool, or we read a review of somebody somewhere. But then we started um, putting classified ads in the back of the aquarium. And, and uh, you know, we, we decided, I guess, that what we wanted to start with was a compilation. We figured that would be the best way to sort of, you know, get to know a lot of bands all at once and, and put out a record that, you know, if we had 10 bands and each of those bands had fans, that would be a way to kind of introduce our new label to a lot of people all at the same time. And, uh, and so we started soliciting bands just through classified ads. And, uh, 
that was a nightmare. It was a nightmare, <laughs> you know, because we got exactly what you'd expect. We we got, you know, dozens and dozens of demo tapes from bands that were absolutely awful, and <laughs> and uh, I still have them because they were some of them were so hilariously bad that we couldn't throw the tapes away. They were it was like gold, and so we st I still have all those tapes. Um, but through that, we got the uh, the demo tape from Footstone. Uh, we got the demo tape from Cup of Joe that way, and and uh, uh, you know a number of other bands that that we got to know. There was a band from uh, South Jersey called Godspeed that was a uh, you know like a real sludgy sort of uh, you know say like Jesus Lizard meets Black Sabbath kind of band, and and uh, um, you know we so we got a lot of bands that way, and then there were a few that we reached out to ourselves. Melting Hopefuls were were one that we reached out to ourselves, and and um, uh, there were a couple of others that we met just by going to their shows and introducing ourselves. And, and pretty soon we had ten bands that we were comfortable with. It's a horrible record. It's a horrible compilation. If, if you try and find it online, I've hidden it. <laughs> you, you know, you can't find it anywhere. But it, it came out. It was called uh, Nothing Smells Quite Like Elizabeth. And uh, all of the bands were from New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, true. It's true in many yep. ways. Uh -huh. Elizabeth is a smelly <laughs> yes. place. But the label was active at first from about 93 to 2000, right? Yes. Yes. When did you, you definitely hit a stride though, because I've listened to the records and there's really good records, particularly I'm thinking of this mommy head record uh -huh. from 1994. Sure. What album or release really stands out for you from that period of time? We, you know, what was cool about that time was that we had no idea what we were doing. So everything that we did, we just kind of stumbled into. Um, it... <sighs> Between 1993 and 1994, we did uh, we did a 7-inch with Melting Hopefuls uh, that that Spin Magazine listed in their top singles of the year. That's great. Along with, you know, Beck and R.E.M. and the Cranberries and here's a little tiny dromedary records. And so that was kind of cool. And then um, we had met a guy who, who owned a distributorship who's still a good friend. His name was Ron and he ran a, a, a little label called Ratfish Records up in, up in Massachusetts. And he also started a, uh, a distribution company called Surefire Distributors. And we were the first label that they distributed. And he sent me a cassette tape that had a couple of bands on it. One of them was Mommy Heads, who were this band from San Francisco that had put out a record on Simple Machines, and they had put out a record on Fang, which was a kind of a cool, esoteric sort of label from New York. They had some unreleased stuff that we fell in love with pretty quickly, and that became Flying Suit. We got to be good friends with the band really close, really quickly. Uh, they were from San Francisco, so it was the first band from outside this area that we worked with. Um, and and uh, when that record came out, they had so many fans and they they were the first band that we worked with that toured and so when we, we put out flying suit they put together a 60-day tour 60 dates in 60 days it was unbelievable they toured with guided they were guided by voices oh, wow. with the posies uh with lisa Loeb, with cake they just jumped on all of these different tours and uh and that record you know sales of that record were bigger than anything that wow. we yeah it was it was ridiculous I, you know he we we pressed i think uh a thousand cds and pressed them you know whatever you do with cds we made a thousand cds and um they wanted us to send them 300 um and we had to send them to some guy in utah 
because they were they were picking them up on tour as they went through Utah. Yeah, and were yeah. taking them into Canada. So they so we shipped them these three hundred CDs and they got them in Utah and then they went up to Canada and they were confiscated at the border. Yeah. And and so he called me from Canada and said, "You need to send more." And I said, "I don't have any more." You know, <laughs> like what do you mean? I need to, like I need some myself. And and uh, and so we scrounged together a couple of hundred CDs and shipped them up to Canada. And and actually had to repress the CD before we sold the first one, <laughs> and and it was it was a nightmare because we had had a problem with the CD manufacturer that we were using. It's a really long story, which is on my blog if you if you care enough to read it. Um, but essentially, the company that we we used to make these CDs went out of business. It took our money and our masters and our artwork, and we they were like a broker back then. You couldn't just go on the internet and find a, a company that would make your CDs. Yeah. You had to go through a broker. There were only a handful of plants in the country and and you didn't have access to those plants if you were a little guy. Um, so you had to go through a broker and this broker took everything. And so I found a sympathetic ear at the manufacturer and he pressed the, he made the CDs for us for basically nothing um, because we we had you know, these people had taken away, you know, taken off with the CDs and, and our money or with the masters and our money. So I didn't have any money. I didn't, I had nothing. They, this other company had taken everything. And here's the mommy heads asking us for more CDs before we'd even sold the first one. Wow. And within two or three weeks, they sold them all. They sold them all. <laughs> and it was, it was unbelievable. I, so I think we sold like four or 5,000 copies of that thing in two months. So it has a happy ending. Oh my God, it has a great, because that, you know, that whole period, you know, putting a, in between, you know, when the Melting Hopefuls record came out, then we did uh, a CD with Footstone, we did the Mommy Heads, we did a CD with Cup of Joe, the Rising Tide lifts all boats, all of that stuff started to sell, yeah. and and so, you know, all of a sudden we were getting great press all over the place, we, you know, bands were coming out of the woodwork and, and asking us to put out you know their record you know bands from all over the place and, and bands that we had no business working with you know just because of that mommy heads record so so really you know we went from being you know desperately poor with with no chance of doing a thing to having this great record and a pretty cool reputation as a as a you know fun little label that's a great story that's really a very interesting <laughs> story with a great ending yeah. so it must have been very satisfying to work really hard and then find success through that band and then it spread to the other bands as well. It was really so cool. So that's wonderful. Yeah. So the label kind of went dormant in 2000. I know you have, you have kids. Your son is here. He's a very nice yeah. young man. And I assume maybe that's related. And then you kind of got back into doing radio and you have another... Uh, label type of thing that you created in around 2010 sugar well, blast music what what happened was was uh it's, it's kind of it's, it's kind of sad my, my you know i mentioned early that uh um i started the label with my wife and my best friend rich rich grasso and uh he got sick and in the late 90s he got sick and um ultimately in 2001 he died Oh, and, very sorry. and well, it was it was horrible, and and the whole you know the whole thing was we were thirty two, you know, when he yeah. died, and and I just lost any interest. It really wasn't the kids; it wasn't life that got in the way. I just always wanted to do this, but after he died, I just couldn't 
like everything musical just left i I, yeah. just, I had no interest you know every band i heard i always thought gee i wonder if rich would like these guys you know it, we were so tied together musically yeah. that when he and when he's gone there's no you know there's just this big empty space and and so um for years and years you know the sum total of music that i listened to was basically whatever was on the radio i just couldn't i didn't care and yeah. and uh um while he was sick we were one day we were sitting around and we were just profanity okay on this oh yeah <laughs> so, we're, so we're just sitting around bullshitting and and uh he he um we were talking about something that happened somewhere along the line that was funny like a funny thing that happened with the with the label and and he said you know there's so many funny stories you gotta promise me that someday you're gonna write a book about this and so i said yeah sure and i didn't feel like i was making any kind of final you know you know, promise to my buddy. I, he just, you know, it's just kind of a thing that came up in conversation. Like, you know, you got to promise me someday you're going to make me spaghetti sauce. You know, it was like, you know, it was like that kind of promise. Yeah. But after he died, uh, it always sort of rung in my head as a thing I told him I would do. And so in 2008, I think it was, I started to think about it and all right, I, you know, I told him I was going to do this and a book, you know, is a thing that I said I was going to do, but, but, in the time in between when he died and then um, blogs became a thing yeah and and so that gave me the ability to tell the story sort of in installments uh, and to use graphics and sound files and things like that to kind of augment the story and so at the beginning of 2009 I started to tell the story chronologically I'd like grabbed all my shit my, my old, you know music reviews and trade magazines and you know different you know the films from the artwork and letters that we wrote back and forth to people and that sort of thing and i kind of put them in order and, and it sort of refreshed my memory how everything worked and how the whole thing came about and then i started telling the story and every day i posted another entry and you know kind, kind of like what you're what you're doing with the mckenzie yeah. tapes where every day there's another i was sort of doing the same thing um people sort of have a tendency to google themselves and and by doing that, by by uh, googling themselves and finding the blog, a lot of people who were associated with the label back then reached out, and, and oh, we wow. sort of rekindled. And people started paying attention to the blog. This is again, this is 2009. And about halfway through, somebody came to me who who was an old friend who who had a distributor. Uh, he worked for a distributor and said, you know, people are reading this blog and they have no way to get this music. You should revive the label and reissue this music digitally and so in 2010 we start we restarted dromedary at first with the goal of just reissuing the stuff we had put out just so people could buy it but then i kind of got the bug again and started putting out records again and so i between 2010 and 2014 i put out a ton of records you know, <laughs> you know more than i ever did before that um and and it was just a ton of fun and it, it was cool because i did it without any kind of goal of making money or doing anything like that i just you know did it because it was fun yeah that's incredible and if people want to read that blog what's the web address that they could find that at because it sounds like a ton of incredible stories it, the stories are fantastic and it will take you forever to read it it's it's uh the dromedary records website is uh, dromedary-records it's d-r-o-m-e-d-a-r-y dash records.com and then up at the top of you know in the nav bar there's a, a link for the blog and if you go to the blog you have to actually because it's backwards like every blog you have to kind of go to the beginning and uh and then read it for a year if you can make it that long 
<laughs> it's you know, yeah. a year of me. It sounds right. interesting enough, though, that I think it would grab people's attention for sure. It's Especially cool. people who are interested in music industry and the business side of it and all the stories. Well, we suck at the business side of it, so, <laughs> so don't read it as a how-to. Read it as a how-not-to. <laughs> but so now, just to circle back, you're the host of a great two-hour Two hour or three hour program? Four now. Four hour yeah. program. So it's 10 to 2 yeah, 10 every to two. Sunday night uh-huh. on WFDU, Signal to Noise. How'd you get back into radio? You said you were involved with your college radio station. That, that was great. Yeah. I, so I grew up listening to WFDU. WFDU is a station that introduced me to indie rock and, and, uh, you know, some of my some of my favorite DJs as a, as a kid in high school were were WFDU DJs, and so at some point, uh, Sean McGann, who was a DJ on FDU, um, invited me to come in and do an interview with him for Dromedary. You know, I had put out uh, um, I don't remember what record I was working on at the time, but he he brought me in, and then a couple of weeks later, Evan Toth. Um, brought me in as well to do an interview about the label in general and then I went back a third time and talked to Sean after we put out this we started another like a label called Sugar Blast Music for for stuff that was kind of heavier and and um, and so I went in and talked to Sean about Sugar Blast and at the end of the interview he said you know why don't you have a show here and uh, and I said I would love to do a show here and and that would be a that would be a trip um, so I was at the time doing something with Laszlo, uh, with, uh, blow up radio. I was doing a signal to noise program there. That was about an hour a week of just New Jersey bands. And I was finding that I didn't like the, um, the pre-recorded format of that. And so, uh, you know, the idea of going to doing something live and bringing people in and doing interviews in the studio and having bands come in and play live in the studio, that was really attractive to me. And so I jumped all over it. And since then it's sort of grown. Uh, and gotten longer and longer, and now it's every Sunday night for four hours. Four hours of <laughs> awesome radio, yeah. and it's a great show, and it's available streaming on the internet, right? Yes, WFDU. at wfdu.fm. Mm-hmm. And there's also a Mixcloud page, right, right, for yes. archives, right? So I archive every episode, so there's like 106 of them now that date all the way back, they go all the way back to the old Lazlo show. So, so when did you start doing it on FDU? two and a half years ago two and a like half that. years yeah. it's yeah. been a good run so, so far yeah it's a lot of fun and and uh you know i i don't differentiate between artists from this area and artists from elsewhere i just figure it's all the same it's only you know i focus on kind of loud snotty rock and roll of all stripes no matter where it's from and i don't care i mean you know 95 percent of it is on independent labels but that's just because that's what i am and and so you know but for the most part, I don't care where the artist is from. So, so Jersey bands and New York bands are, are on there all the time. But it's mostly loud, snotty rock and roll. Yes, the genre. Yeah, I'll dumb it. Uh, not dumb it. I'll dull it down a little bit late in the show because the guy after me plays like folky stuff, um, you know, and and I don't want to lead into his show with something that's going <laughs> to cause all of his listeners to have a heart attack. You yeah. know, so uh, so I'll slow down a little bit at the end. 
and anything on the horizon for the show coming up? Do you have any guests in the next month or two? You know, we're we're involved with the uh, with the North Jersey Indie Me Rock too. Festival. Yes, so so we'll we'll have some bands in from that. Yeah. You know, some of the bands who are playing at that festival, Glazer and Dentist and and a couple of others, have already been on the show. So it'll be great to welcome them back. Yeah. Um. You know, some of those bands have made great strides since the last time they were on the program. So. You know, it would be great to have them come in and the talk. Dentist has a brand new album. It's really good. Yeah. Glazer's album that they put out last year, also awesome. Uh-huh. So Excellent. Great Excellent. stuff. And and I love what their label is doing. You know, they're just they're just outstanding music they're putting out. Oh, State, State Champion, Champion yeah. Records, a lot yeah. of good bands. Uh-huh. All really good. Spatter, I just had Resounding No on uh-huh. this program, and they are wonderful. Yeah. So shout out to all those awesome bands that King Mike is putting out. But let's focus on dramedy right now <laughs> let's play some songs all right let's do it well let's start out with uh, signal to noise by the brixton riot okay which is the that's namesake. not that's not one that i actually put out that's yeah i know you know but but, but it's sure. your namesake <laughs> it's your show's uh-huh. namesake and i definitely wanted to play a song off a of flying suit by the mommy heads sure the great 1994 album my favorite track is spiders okay you brought me this great shirk circus cd <laughs> this band will destroy your life and I've been listening to this one, actually, uh-huh. on Spotify, though, but thank you for the physical copy. Oh, you're welcome. So I love Understanding. Mm-hmm. Good song. And the 65s as well. We're going to play a bunch of songs. Pretty in Pink, I was telling you on the way up, I loved cool. the cover. Excellent. Cup of Joe. Mm-hmm. Tunnel Trees, you put that out, right? I did, I did. S- Something New, great song. Okay. I'd love to play that. And Speed the Plow, I was sad that I couldn't make their show yesterday. Me either. In Patterson. Yeah. But you put out the 2011 album Shine. Yes. One of a really, really good album. Mm-hmm. Great band. Can't Get Over You is a favorite of mine from Excellent. that. Yep, that's a great record. And um, let's just keep the songs going. You brought me this great compilation featuring our friends Overlake. Lots of good bands. Stuyvesant on here. The 65s. But I definitely want to play Overlake's cover of Yola Tango's From cool. a Motel 6. And then we could wrap up the set with this great Stuyvesant album that you brought me on vinyl off of Sugar Blast. So this Mm -hmm. was the output. This is one of the albums released on Sugar Blast music. What song would you like to hear from here? Oh, definitely Hellbent for Heather. Hellbent for Heather. Uh So we're throwing a bunch of music at you guys, (laughs) all related to the great... Al, who's right here uh, with me. Bands are great. I'm not so great. You, <laughs> you're making it happen, though. So here you go. Enjoy the tunes.
the one that's so all taken you got a life to live you got something to give but when I look into your eyes I see your heart is breaking you lost in turmoil looking at your past trying to get and running from pain you're running way too fast someday come face to face with things that life demands don't let it bring you down you know I understand you know I understand Now you're getting lost in your emptiness Life doesn't bring you any happiness Looking for some tenderness But it's so, so hard to find When you're just trying to get from day to day You got lost but now you're here to stay You don't want a miracle anyway Just some peace of mind You're lost in turmoil Looking at your past Trying to forget and running from pain You're running way too fast Someday come face to face with things that life demands Don't let it bring you down, you know I understand You know I understand Catching up and you're getting scared No, you know that I've been there I couldn't give you any hope at all You're lost in turmoil You're looking at your past Trying to forget and running from pain You're running way too fast Someday you'll come face to face With the things that life demands Don't let it bring you down You know I understand You know I understand Wasn't she easy? 
Another reason you should stay I'll get down on my knees and pray Cause I can't get over you It seems I'm never ready when the river bends It never fails to justify the way the story ends It never tends to go the way you hope that it might go It never ends right on the note that everybody knows Start to fall On a day you might recall I thought that I had seen it all But I can't get over you No matter how hard I try Staring at the empty sky It won't bring you back to me I can't get over you It seems I'm never ready when the river bends It never fails to justify The way the story ends It never tends to go The way you hope that it might go It never ends right on the note That everybody knows
All right. I hope everyone enjoyed all of those great Al-related songs. <laughs> Al-related. They're all, they're all related to Al. He either put them out or named his radio show after yes. the song. Was it was a show? So what is signal to noise? I feel like that phrase is from somewhere else. Too. Well, it, it's, it it describes signal to noise ratio is essentially it's a it's a technical term, but it's it's come to mean the the ratio between when I'm ta- like I, if I'm talking to you, what's valuable and what's bullshit? What's you know what's noisy that gets in the way and what's good and and so. You know, signal to noise kind of is, you know, I've always looked at the radio program as, you know, all good, all good music, no bullshit, you know, and, you know, no garbage, just listen, it's all great music. And, uh, you know, the Brixton Riot, who are good friends of mine and who are a great band, they had this song on their Palace Amusements record. And, and you know, when it came time to, hey, what are you going to name your show? that made sense they were you know at the time it was laszlo's so it was all new jersey because it was on laszlo's radio station and you know it was a great way to to describe the music you know this is all great music from new jersey and so when i moved over to wfdu you know this the show kind of had some listeners and so i said well it doesn't make any sense for me to yeah you know change the name of the show and uh you know i don't i used to open every show with that song and i don't do that anymore i do like these hokey intros every every week now but but um you know, I still play it once in a while because I love the Bricks and Riot. And, and that song is great. It's it a really, really, really is, a pop yeah. gem. I mean, uh-huh. it really reminds me of like the Smithereens or something yes. like that. Yeah. I'll tell you, one of the best shows I've seen this year was the show where they opened for Dramarama down in Belmar. Awesome. It was just fantastic. And, and they they were, you know, right up there hanging with Dramarama in terms of, you know, the people were into the music. And they're just great. They're great. Yeah, and they, they're they, super nice guys. Really good songwriters. They got a... I gotta say, I didn't yeah. really listen to them until this past year, but I'm very impressed yep. with the Brixton Riot. Shout out to those guys. Hey, guys. Hey, what's <laughs> up? But, um, but we're going to transition to the second part of the program. You pick some records from our record collection, and we're going to play them. Starting off with The Marked Men, great band from Denton, Texas. Also home of Roy Orbison, I believe. I did not know that. How about that? <laughs> but uh, this album's awesome. It's a real punk record, yeah. kind of melodic punk record that I love. I love mm-hmm. this album a lot. So why'd you pick this one? You love it too? I love it. It's, <laughs> it's uh, you know, I can still remember I, during the period where I wasn't putting out records, I was I was still good friends with Ralph Malanga, who's the singer in Stuyvesant and was the singer in, in or he's one of two singers in Stuyvesant. He was a singer in a band called Footstone that we worked with. And we used to hang out once in a while, you know, despite the fact that we didn't really have anything musical going on. And, and one day I, I had uh, season tickets to the Nets when the Nets were in New Jersey and I took Ralphie to a Nets game. And after the game, we sat in the parking lot and he was just playing me music from bands he was into at the time and the marked men were one of those bands and we just sat there in the parking lot at the meadowlands and he was just playing me one song after another after another and i think a part of what he was trying to do was like flip the switch like wake me up and and to a degree he kind of did and it was that mark those mark men records that that really did it and you know now all of these other bands that are related to the marked men that that you know radioactivity these are bands that are favorites of mine and but it all started there radioactivity is actually playing at uh, at asbury park brewery 
uh, I think in October. Oh, cool. Yeah. So if this airs before then. It, this week. Oh, wow. You're quick. <laughs> um, you should go. You should get tickets to that. They're also playing. Um, hell, I can't remember. I think they're playing in Brooklyn somewhere. But if you can get tickets to see this band, I mean, this is just a sweaty rock and roll band they're great every song is 400 miles an hour and super melodic and and uh, they're just fantastic yeah they are a very good band radioactivity yeah. i can also vouch for them yeah. and the marked men but what song would you like to hear off of this great album on the outside i uh, fix my brain is on that one right yeah. oh i don't think so no all right wait let me see wait <laughs> let me see which one, which one i pulled out hang on a second what do i want to hear off this you're right. It's not on this one. All right. Uh, let's listen to Don't Lose It. That's a good song. Yeah. yeah Great pick, song. Al. <laughs> Next up, I was just listening to Stephen Malkmus's new album today. I love it. Great record, yeah. right? Uh-huh. He's, he's getting back into that pavement groove, I'd uh-huh. say. Even though I'm, a, I'm definitely a fan of all of his solo stuff, but Pavement, Brighten the Corners, probably one of my favorite records by Pavement. And this is a, a crazy deluxe edition eight sides but yeah yeah I, one of the best pavement albums in my opinion it's it's funny because i think i put this on facebook the other day that i was i was listening to this record and you know it's it's so hard to follow something like slanted and enchanted which was just one of the greatest records that's ever been made by any band yeah. you know and, and if you're that band then what do you do next you know and and uh you know, I think Pavement did some some great stuff, but I think Bright in the Corners really kind of gets swallowed up. Pavement fans don't don't dig this record the way I think they should. I think it's a, this is you know to me probably my favorite Pavement record. Um, you know, if I was going to pick a song from this one. God, Date with Ikea is so great. But Good every, one. You know, Not every, a Malcolmist song. No, though, right. But, but every, time, every time I look at this record, every time I listen to this record, there's something else that I like. It's, it's a very, pol- I find it to be very polished record, too. Yes, and yes. the songs are really tight. They're good songs. I agree. The songwriting is great. I think it all kind of came together with this record. And, and uh, yeah, I'm g- even though it's not a Malcolmist song, I'm going to go with Date with Ikea. That's, I that's, yeah. listen to that song every time I go to Ikea. <laughs> and nothing smells like Elizabeth, uh-huh. right? Yeah, right. That, exactly. That's yeah. <laughs> it what we call a callback uh-huh. in the uh, industry. <laughs> but, um, and then finally... Yola Tango's Painful. It's an extra painful uh-huh. deluxe edition that came out a couple of years ago. This is a great Yola Tango album. I feel like it is a big like transition record for uh-huh. them where they were kind of doing stuff that you would equate with college rock radio right. in the 80s into the early 90s. And this is where I felt like they really got a little crazier you know yeah. like the songs are definitely in way really really interesting i love the early yellow tango stuff but this is where i just felt like they really came uh-huh. together right sure sure yeah. i think uh you know you can't you can't run a record label or be involved in music in indie rock in New Jersey without owing a huge debt to Yola Tango. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, certainly there were bands that came before them. Uh, you know, the Feelies come to mind and the Bongos. And, uh, you know, there were there were a lot of great, great bands from, from here in New Jersey. But I think Yola Tango, for what, what they've done and what they continue to do and how they continue to push the envelope, 
you know, you can't ask me to pick three records and have me not pick a Yola Tango yeah. record, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, there are so many tracks on this particular record that I love, um, but I am really super partial to From a Motel 6 because of Overlake's cover of that song on our 20th anniversary compilation that you have it's over there. It's a great and, song. And, yeah. And we're going to hear it twice. <laughs> we're going to hear the cover and we're going to hear the original version. Does that suck that I did that to you? No, I'm ex- I, I do anyone's request. There I had go. a band on one time. I have a 1986 Mets album where it wasn't the Meet the Mets song. It was some uh-huh. other song they did for 1986 and the b-side of that album was just highlights from the season uh-huh. and this guy picked highlights from the season <laughs> so there's an episode of somewhere of like five to six minutes of just right someone talking about the Mets season Jesus. in 1986 <laughs> and you had to play that so okay. i honor all requests all right, well I'm, I'm doing better than that then right <laughs> yeah, you pick the song <laughs> but it keeps it interesting you yes. know i'm all for keeping it really interesting but awesome. let's go we're gonna play these songs we got the marked men we got pavement and we got new jersey's own the pride of new jersey <laughs> yola tango
Excellent picks, Al. Thank you. Marked Men, Pavement, Yola Tango. Damn, I really want to thank you for coming on. We it was had so a great, great to time. Be here. Yeah, I enjoy hanging out with you, and and this was a really cool thing. Yeah, so I'm I glad we. It. I'm glad we got to meet this year. It's been a pleasure. Yes, the two times we hung out, I can't wait to hang out again. Awesome. Maybe see a show, do something. You that know? would be excellent. That would be excellent. And so, just so everyone knows, Al hosts Signal to Noise on yes. WFTU. We already talked about it earlier, but let's just remind everyone of all the pertinent details about that program. So uh, Signal to Noise airs on Sunday nights uh, from 10 o'clock p.m. Uh, Eastern Time till 2 a.m. on 89.1 WFDU or WFDU.FM if you're outside the blast radius of, uh, of New York City. And, uh, and then you can also find it if you want to listen to archived episodes at uh, Mixcloud.com slash Sugar Blast. That's that. All right, Al. It was so great having you again. Thank you so much, everyone. Go listen to Signal to Noise. Since I'm posting this episode, probably Thursday, this Sunday. This weekend, yeah. This, this weekend, Wednesday, listen. Wednesday. Or if you have ESP. Right. And you know we're doing this right now. Go listen to it, like, in an hour. Al, thank you so much for coming. It Thanks was for having blast. me, man.